Another week and a day removed from Thanksgiving, we board again the USS Post Show. Hello, everyone. It's Chief Communication Officer and the number one of the US Post Show, Football Boys, but I'm not alone. I am never alone, especially on this special edition. And the person that's going to tell you about this is my captain, a guy who truly hates quorums. Give it up for John Weber. How's it going, sir? I'm, oh, it's so good. So good, Flobo. Ah, <laughs> uh, you're the best number one in the business. Do I tell you that enough? <laughs> no, you I don't. Know. Tell me more. Yeah. And what is today's episode? It is a special? What? Today is Black Alert Friday. <laughs> and do you, like, buy Black Alerts or to get, like, stuff you don't need? <laughs> well, you know, because uh, Star Trek Discovery introduced the Black Alert, which is uh, what they say right before the show does its... Uh, the ship does its spinny thing and then travels along the mushroom network. Or when uh, I walk into a room, but go ahead. <laughs> God, <just kidding. laughs> it's a low-hanging fruit. I'm ready for it. <laughs> you know well, something? I'm, I didn't even see it coming. That's how I good that get, joke was. I have to get that shirt. Uh, but we're going to learn as well. We have a very special guest. Uh, she is Pro Wrestling's first gothic Lolita manager who is now an activist and a roller skater. Someone we can all say yes to, Pris. Hey, thanks for having me. Welcome aboard the USS Post Show. <laughs> Thank you. I just got back from the Black Lodge. Uh, so, Black Alert. It is uh, it is looking like maybe a little person and an extremely tall man are going to come in and start talking backwards. <laughs> and then we'll listen to it forwards. It's, Someone uh, called Q yeah. or Mud. Uh, <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. Oh. Before we get into the nitty-gritty of uni Unification 3, in honor of Native American Heritage Month, Pris, can you do us the honor and sharing a little bit of a land acknowledgement? Thank you so much, Flobo. So we are in Southern California, so I would like to acknowledge the Tonva, the Keech, the Fernando Tatvania, pardon my pronunciation of your language, and the Shumash. So... Thank you very much for that, Flobo. I appreciate it. Oh, it's my pleasure because we're all people. We're all trying to live and do the same thing, man. Just have tight bonds with our family and make sure we are safe. And speaking of safe, let's talk about this episode. Uh, so <sighs> many things happened. Things we thought were safe were no longer. Let me start yeah. with you, Press. The idea of the Romulans and the Vulcans are together on a planet called Neva. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, so uh, I was brought into the fandom of Trek by my mother, who is uh, Blackfeet. And she, like, we, it, Trek was always a thing in our house, and especially the original series and then Next Generation. And my favorite character was always Spock. So to to see that what he had put forth had such an impact. I mean, I was, both Oni and I were tearing up, but it was, it was very emotionally impactful to be able to uh, see that kind of diplomacy that went into action, but then also to see where it was breaking down uh, because I don't think that, I think that a lot of perception, at least fan-wise, is that once a treaty or a a unification is established, like that's it, and we go somewhere else. So it was really nice to see that uh, there is always maintenance that needs to happen for a successful merger. Uh, just before I ask you, John, I'm going to say Oni was our guest last week. So go back to check out right. that episode to see more from Oni in, in his perspective. Oh, yeah, he was great. Yeah. He was great. Yeah, what a uh, what a brilliant way of saying, you know, you don't just wave a magic wand and then it happens. Uh, you have to right. work for unification, as right. you say, Chris. And, um, you know, there is that moment where, where Burnham learns that her brother when he became older because she disappeared into the future so now she's looking back at the past and she didn't want to check up on him she didn't want to know anything that happened but in order to go forward in this episode doing the things they need to do she had to look at leonard nimoy from 
I either Unification One or Unification Two. It was a two-parter from Star Trek: Next Generation, right. and that's why this episode is called Unification Three. It's right. literally a sequel to those first two that aired thirty years ago. Yeah, I, I, I love Star Trek so much. I have I it here. It so uh, the video clip is uh, from the episode of TNG called Unification Two, which is why it's called. Oh, so that was two. Yeah, you know Leonard Nimoy uh, passed away so recently. Um, you know, two three years now, yeah. and uh, you know, still to see footage of him is just so emotional. So as she's tearing up, going, "This is my younger brother as an old man." <laughs> it's just like tears. Old Leonard Nimoy. Yeah. Oh, oh my god! <laughs> like this was her baby brother. Mm -hmm. And she and how can you deny the power of Nimoy? Yeah, yeah, it's it's so uh, it's so impactful, and it really hits you in your heartstrings because uh, unlike unlike Kirk, who both with the character and with the people who have betrayed him through the years, it's you know, but Spock. Ooh. Like I box. exactly exactly yeah. so uh yeah I, that was just so big and then I also really loved the calling out of the uh, centrist uh, uh -huh. ambassador character <laughs> the timeliness of that I that was also very impactful for me as someone yeah. who uh very uh proudly identifies as a progressive so right. that was that was also a really nice oh, little oh it's we're, a we're going to get show too i'm gonna get it all up in that in just a minute yeah. the same, yeah. just, just a little bit so it, it, it turns out that navarre uh the former vulcan has loved the federation i mean what okay yeah. even the fact that vulcan's name yeah. got changed that's like what Vulcan yeah. is Vulcan. Like that's yeah. one of our one of our pillars in this series. To it makes perfect sense why it happened, but oh my god. It's like finding out that Earth is going by, you know, Janelle. Yeah, I was oh. just going to say, no, Earth Janelle. is definitely a Karen. <laughs> oh, come on. Speak to the manager. <laughs> Oh uh, my God. Poor, yeah. poor, poor, Navarre, poor Janelle, I guess. <laughs> uh, Janelle is I next season. Well, let's, let's talk about uh, our, our MacGuffin of the week. Uh, Project SB-19 was something of a point of contention there. Now, this is something that, yeah, granted, does seem for this purpose, does seem very ad hoc, has a lot of implications about what caused the burn, why the, the Navarre had left the Federation. Um, heated stuff here. But let's, let's take a step back. If not knowing what was going to cause the burn. And if you were on Navarre and this was an issue, was it right for them to blame the Federation even back then of being forced to work on this project, even though they found flaws in the process? That's a good I mean, question because, uh, go ahead, Chris. No, I was going to say there, there is no easy answer for that because you have to, I mean, you, you have a, a newly named planet who is trying to uh, bring about a peaceful unification of two tribes essentially that have been at war for a very, very long time. So uh, the way I saw it is that was a byproduct of the peacekeeping. Mm. So you don't have this outside uh, body of people who don't know about your culture, who don't know about your ways, essentially telling you what to do so i can see it well you know they're bearing the weight as vulcan always had of the federation the federation was very vulcan uh for many many years their science is way ahead of um where almost everybody else was when the federation was started right so uh you know as the federation because it becomes its own thing, its own nation, its own giant body. And it says, you have to do this for us. Uh, we're pushing you. Uh, you know, it re reminds me how often so many of us don't think that nuclear power plants are a great idea. But the only reason why the lights are on in my room is because of a nuclear power plant. Right. You know, that or my backyard. 
Yeah, I've got a, I've got a, exactly, exactly. And not in my backyard. Let's go with that because there's this sense of, um, well, too bad Vulcan do the thing that you think is dangerous and isn't working. Yeah, <laughs> he's pointing here's, a thing at you, Vulcan. In the future, <laughs> here, here's the thing. Get your eyes together, Vulcan. <laughs> now, I I always do this, and that is I always uh, try to drag every other science fiction show into the, the discussing discovery. Yeah. So they show us what SB19 became, or what right. it was supposed to become, which was right. giant portals that ships could go through to skip through the universe. So like Avengers Endgame. Well, you know, I was thinking more Stargate. Okay. They're creating Stargate. Now, granted, they've been in lots of other science fiction shows, but do you remember when Stargate had a show called SG-1? Yeah. Yes. And now they're talking SB-19. I don't know, John. That's a stretch. That's kind of close. That's kind of close. It's bad enough Discovery gets lambasted for being Andromeda this season. I have to (laughs) argue at it. Come on. (laughs) He'll turn. That's what you're doing. I can't help it. I I know I'm not only going to be true to Star Trek. There will be all other shows that I love. And I do like to pull on lots of, uh, oh, this actor was in this. This actor isn't that. Right. Um, I won't give you too many well, of those because we don't oh, have any please, strong ones. Today. Please tell me if they ever come up. I love that. I feel like we do our research and it's all you. So I'm like, oh, make me look good? Great, John. Who was in the show? Oh, I'll, fascinating. I'll let you know. I'll let you know. Can I also just point out uh, what I had in my notes was uh, Michael Burnham in the very beginning has a very unsatisfying uh, conversation with everyone. She's not sure where she fits into uh, the Discovery crew anymore or Starfleet anymore. Things are just so tense for her. And we find this out when she goes and visits Book, Cleveland Booker, who's in his ship, which is parked in a... Um, where is it? It's Why not? It's it's Why not? Yeah, Bay. Uh, and, and here's the thing. It's like her boyfriend is living in his RV in the driveway. Kinda. That's what I was going to say. It's in my notes, too. I'm like, you have personal transport if you walk out to the shuttle bay. Everyone's going to see you, bro. Like, can you be a little bit more discreet? Like, are people working there going, let's burn getting hers again. I swear. Like, what are you doing? So two two things about that. Number one, like, there's there's a lot of Firefly going on, especially with him being called Book. There you go. Secondarily, uh, if... If Data had a cat on the Enterprise, why can't we move what I love most about Book's ship, which is his cat? Queen Grudge? Yeah, just kind of. And then everybody's happy, and it's all good. That that is kind of savage. Hey, 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 you got a cat and come inside. You're outside there, Book. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm hungry, Mike. Too tough. We've got the cat. I just... I don't know. I, when you were saying that you were disappointed about the beginning of the show, I thought you were going to talk about the uh, the. I was tastefully shot, but here we go, fan service at the beginning. Um, and I very much love these two characters. I do. I just, I just don't need to see certain things. That's all. You're talking about Book and Burnham. Yes. Hooking up um... in his RV. Got to that MA TV MA rating somehow, and it's not going to be through diplomacy. So, <laughs> I didn't like it, but I didn't hate it either. It's not me. It was just like uh, it's usually the you. death knell for a character relationship. That's all. I, it might be. It might be. There are times when I've accused this show of being very Shonda Rhimes. <laughs> You know, so we get some exposition because our our strong female lead is talking to her very supportive, understanding boyfriend. I mean, that stuff happens. I don't mind that stuff because I like all of these characters. <laughs> They've done really good jobs, uh, you know, making me like them. So right. eh, a couple of characters getting a little hey, hey. Eh, what am I listening to? 
Yeah, man, that being these... said, if Saru like found somebody in the universe, like at the at the end of the episode, I was like, <laughs> interesting. At first, I'd be like, ill, but then I have to check my own racism. <laughs> Why am I saying ill, Bobo? <laughs> exactly. exactly. Doc Jones, by the nature of his being, is attractive to everyone and anyone. So just, we... just be okay with it. That's all. We are off the rails. Uh, <laughs> so so there's other, the new demoted Michael Burnham, now fresh from getting some hey hey, decides to go to Navarre to get this, this data. <clears throat> and uh, President Trina is like, nah, and there's no way because of reasons, which we'll get into in quite a second. And good old Burnham invokes a Takalan cat, which, yeah. true to form, is giving someone no choice. Pris, I want your thoughts about this. I know a lot of times, a lot of, uh, I don't want to say the phrase, but I will hear, neckbeard, get upset about uh, Burnham's uh. strength on the show, but she did kind of overstep her boundaries in evoking Takalan cat without even telling uh, Saru or even giving the president or Navarre a chance to counter. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, I mean, it's, it, it, yes, it is in keeping with with some parts of her character, especially her newly developed character with her time travel and her being off on her own. So I understand. Uh, and I also thought that the conflict that, sh that Michael Burnham was portraying in the relationship with his, with her mother, but also with uh, Vulcan heritage was also well played, but yeah, I mean that's a that's a writer's uh, contrivance slash convenience to kind of push something forward that needed to be pushed forward and also create obstacles. So, well, I felt like they justified it pretty well. I mean, she is still a member, technically a member of the Vulcan Science Academy, so she does have the right. Yeah. Um, she does have a historical context to the entire planet, which is that she is the sister of uh, right. the great hero, a great cultural hero. It's like Abraham Lincoln's sister walks in and says, I want to argue with you in court. Well, you're going to go mm. do that. Don't get me started <laughs> on Abraham Lincoln. Um, but yes, and those are those are all very, very valid points. Uh, maybe this would have been a little easier to digest if it had not been the episode right after she gets demoted, right after she uh, did a bunch of other things that she did not have authorization for. Maybe then it would have settled a little better. Sure. I want to say to everyone watching live here on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, and uh, YouTube that I've lived on this planet 30 plus years. And I've never heard the phrase, quote, don't get me started on Abraham Lincoln. But I have today. And I want to thank you, Pris, because <laughs> I feel like we should change subjects. Forget the show. I don't want to say Pris has a lot of buttons, but Pris has a lot of buttons. You know, uh, you know, not, not to change universes, but you know how Darth Vader has that kind of like King David kind of arrangement of buttons on his yeah. uh that that's that's me only <laughs> all the way down. I've I've actually taken road trips with Pris and Oni and mentioned James Corden and gotten ten minutes of misery shoved in my ears about how James Corden isn't a nice guy and I still don't even understand why. The more you know. And I stand by it. <laughs> if you're just joining us, thank you, welcome. This is, this is Commander's Log brought to you by Geek Renaissance. It's Black Friday. Head up Geek Renaissance at Geek Renaissance on Instagram. Get yourself some keychains, get yourself some earrings, and your own functional geek chessboard at Geek Renaissance. Thank you for supporting the show. Uh, so I'm going to make sure I get all the words here right with Burnham. So after, uh, this, is, this, is, this, is how I, this is how I scientifically write my notes. So Burnham invokes the Kellen kit. People are like, oh, snap. And Madam President is like, I'll invoke a quorum. But Serena, <laughs> dad, like, you gave her no choice. <laughs> wow. Eggnog, bro. Uh, <laughs> so in this quorum, uh, Burnham gets uh, a Shalankaki, or a Shashet, 
Um, only, but only members of the Qualit Malak can serve. And it turns out that her mom, Gabrielle, is her chassette in this case. We had now, been we looking for her mom too. So like, what? Right. Her mom's here. Now, before we, I ask you about Gabrielle being in this episode, because I know we have thoughts about that. Here's my only gripe with the episode. It's kind of cheap. We don't get to land on the vet. Why is everything happening on the ship? I felt oh, so good. cheated. I want to see Vulcan in the future. What's going that's on, bro? Budget? Yeah. Honestly, with Star Trek, it's almost always budget. I remember oh, there being man. a discussion not too long ago about, you know, did they actually do a clip show in Star Trek Gen <clears throat> Star Trek Next Generation Season 1? Did they yeah. actually do a clip show? Yeah, because they ran out of money. That's why you do clip shows. Yeah. Wow. Well, and that's that's why, if you notice, uh, this season, uh, Saru's makeup is so much more on point than it has been in previous uh, seasons. So, yeah. He's the captain. Budget. I mean, it makes perfect sense. Yeah, All exactly. Right. Exactly. I'll allow it. I thought it was a more in the future. <laughs> so, no, anyway, I hear what you're saying. I'll We're bring my certificate in. <laughs> Seven episodes in, I get mad at one thing. Anyway, no. <laughs> no, <laughs> you're right. You're right. That's a good observation because, um, I mean, you know, a giant ship moors in your harbor and the people go, hey, we need to talk to you guys about your official stuff. And you go, okay, let's all get on your ship. <laughs> I mean, and, and it's not like it's like downtown Janine or downtown Karen. This is Vulcan. I mean, come on, it's a it's a heavy hitter. All right, but uh, I'm no. just I, I'm just gonna uh, interject here that this was an episode that aired on Thanksgiving, and uh, I don't know, maybe the Vulcans and the Romulans learned a few things from how the Western Europeans treated Native and Indigenous people. Our plan is closed. We're going to come to you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We'll be in charge of this. Sure was interesting. That Gabrielle point. does board the ship, and we haven't seen her, which pretty cool that she's in this specific role in the specific planet at the specific time. Hey, that's the way it is. Plot happens all the time. Yeah. But, but Burnham is happy to see her, Pris. I hear you sighing. Walk me through this. Gabrielle is going to be her own daughter's advocate. I, yes, it was a contrivance. But, you know, it is what it is. You have to have a little bit of that, uh, just giving it up and being part of the world. Um, and I really, really love the relationship between the two actors. So I was happy to see her. I, was, I also uh, enjoyed the seemingly initial uh, conflict that they had over the ceremony, but how in Gabrielle's pushing Michael's buttons, we we come to uh, we come to discover with Michael her real reasons and motivations. And so I thought it was lovely that even though her her mother guided her in a, a little bit of an aggressive way, and what may have not seemed a uh, parental way, it very much was. It was a tough love moment, and I appreciated it. Sure. John, yeah, I mean, very much in character. Her mom is pretty tough, always has been. Yeah. Yeah. So just Sorry, get a little background here. No, we're going to go more into the trial now, but before, just before we get into the nitty-gritty of it all. So this... Uh, <sighs> To Kel and Kat, <laughs> I have written down here. Uh, you basically prove your case in front of three people. And so just for our own benefit here, uh, Nuraj is the older Romulan, <laughs> the white dude. Uh, Shira <laughs> is the, the hybrid Vulcan Romulan, the white lady. And then Vikir is a pure Vulcan, old school, the black dude. So we have these three people standing trial while as Burnham is trying to appeal to them. We all know what happens here. They, she withdraws the request. She gets the SB19 information anyway. But let's talk about the trial itself. I mean, this here has a lot of that impl that classic, meaty Star Trek we love so much. Uh, in fact, there was actually a, a quote here that, I, that about uh, science always being politicized, which I thought was pretty interesting because it seemed very timely oh. now in this uh. era. Let me start with you, John. Thoughts about the trial, thoughts about the using of science, and how three different perspectives on the same planet can come in contact with each other in conflict. 
You know, I'll go backwards through your points there because they're so excellent. Um, One of the things that we've seen uh, forever in science fiction, the original series is full of it, is we fly to this planet, uh, view screen goes on, there's three people, they're all wearing the same silver suit with the stripes, (laughs) (laughs) and they're like, hello, we are from uh, planet uh, Hubiba. And uh, we on Hubiba think this and we think that, and you must follow our rules. And we're, you know, you're like, you're just three people out of five billion. Yeah. You know, a whole planet worth of people is represented by just one look, usually all white folks. Uh, It's it's kind of the guardians of the universe and Green Lantern. Ah! (laughs) Um, I I found the quote here. It's uh, science cannot be separated from cultural and political context. That was from yes. Trudeau, President Torino. Uh, that that is a very kick-ass observation too. Um, I I was I was really thrown by, you know. I think I I think I joked about this maybe two shows ago, which was uh, the original series would always have like, well, this episode is our uh, you know who done it murder mystery, and this next episode right. is our star-crossed lovers story and now we're at the tense trial and so here we go we've got a tense trial going on but what they do give us are these different divisions within what used to be vulcan and then there was romulus and uh and now they're all on one planet and they're all uh having constant conflicts from what they tell us uh between romulans Vulcans, the Vulco Romulo. I can't remember what what that, that is group completely is. racist. How, how dare you? No, I don't <laughs> it is so racist. Oh my god, that is so. We're canceled, bro. In the future, no. is it racist <laughs> or speciesist? Yeah, he's right. Either way, let's get him. <laughs> well, it's it's really interesting that they show us these cultural differences because we are in a very divided society right now. We understand what a divided society looks like and, and sounds like, and, and they're just letting us know this is monolithic. You're not going to solve this in one episode. And that's very not Trek. So that's really cool too. Agreed. No, uh, Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, I was just saying, you know, um, yeah, um, as as Pris points out, the um, the fact that her mother is her lawyer and that's really contrived. Um, one of one of the things I love so much about Discovery is that they will run to confrontation. Confrontation is the thing that they want the most. And it was very much not a Gene Roddenberry thing. And, yeah. and we're so far on the other side of it now that the confrontations can be a little crazy sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like, we gave you a lawyer, and it's your mom. <laughs> you talked to me last time. But that stuff is crazy. Yeah. But they're getting us to this really meaty, high-quality writing and acting, and, and it looks so good. So, yeah, I cut them all kinds of breaks. Fair enough. Yeah. I have a question. And, th- and Flobo, this might address uh, something that you talked about earlier, but uh, does this ship have a holodeck? And if so, why was that not utilized in this particular uh, traditional exercise? So they are retrofitted, uh, but a holodeck was not in the retrofit montage. So it hasn't been addressed. So I either say they don't Got have it. one or they'll show up like, surprise, we have a holodeck now. So I'm not really sure why uh, holo- they Oh, I'm sorry. Please. It looked like it was in the hallway. That's why I was like, this this could have been <laughs> right. done better. Even if you're like, right. remember when uh, we dropped off Adira on on, uh, on Trill? That was like two yes. scenes. And I think we had enough of an, yeah. of an air for the place. This was like in the hallway between the library and the broom closet and wherever a book in Burnham does it. <laughs> just sitting there going like, no, wait oh, a minute. Was- Didn't... Didn't they have this trial like in the lunchroom? Yeah, that's what it felt like. Much, that's what pretty it felt much. Pretty like. much. And we see them like um, you know, uh replicate the torches and the gong and all that stuff. So I think we have hollow uh deck emitters uh built into certain places so they're able to use the replicators to create these things like the burning torches and the special Vulcan gong. Uh, 
programmable, programmable, programmable matter. Programmable matter, absolutely. So, um, and so it's probably not replicated. You're probably right about that. Um, so I'm not sure in the future you need a holodeck because a holodeck provides the space for the holograms to, for the hollow emitters to create the environments and so forth. Um, the weird thing to me was like you could go on a 10 mile run in a holodeck and essentially the whole room just becomes like they make you run in a circle. Yeah, <laughs> like, but all but also consider that it has been openly acknowledged and talked about that these characters have gone through some of the highest degrees of stress and a lot of them have PTSD, whether or not they're using that terminology. So it's a perfect opportunity for them to have a holodeck to release some of that tension. At least that was what we were told it was there for in Next Generation. So, um. I'll always say this about Pris. She should have been a ship's counselor, but not on a Federation <laughs> ship. Probably an Orion ship. That's a bad idea. Uh, was it the right Just move uh, for, for Burn to withdraw? Was it the right move, you thought? I think so. I really do. Some sometimes a compromise is something that comes about uh, because you are you're pushed to your limit as an individual. And uh, in that moment, I saw that Michael was definitely living the embodiment of uh, putting the needs of many over the needs of one. So mm. I thought it was, I thought it was a perfect example of that. Uh, John, what you pulled out of, of, or withdrew her request, did you think she was going to get that SB19 data or you think that was going to be like a dead end for the episode? I'm just you curious. know, I honestly thought, uh, I, I thought this was going to be one of those cases of they have a problem, they found the solution, they want to go to the solution, it creates many, many, many more problems, let's just abandon it. And I thought, oh, great. So this is another, you know me. I'm, I'm, I always look at TV uh, through the timing of TV. So, you know, when I'm watching a mystery on TV and it's in the last five minutes of the show, we're going to find out who the killer was. We just right. are. The show's about that. So <laughs> right. I'm that, never, that never works with Discovery. Never. And, and one of the reasons why I love the writing, because I didn't realize that she could give up the thing that she needed the most and that would be meaningful and it would be right. And then she would still get that thing. I didn't realize that would happen. And yeah, I didn't, kind I of didn't either. I would have been okay with it coming down the line a little bit more. I don't need an automatic payoff, but then again, I'm, I'm not a part of the demographic that they're trying to, appeal or appease so i, won't I can wait, wait. I'm asking. I won't, I won't oh wait. um just say millennials we know you mean well it is interesting that the perception of the millennial generation is that we want it now you know we need it now quick cuts hyper reality uh but because a lot of us have also become globalists and we're very interested in uh, peoples and cultures outside of our own, sure. you, you see entertainment represented in different ways as well. And in a lot of uh, Western European and also Asian entertainment, uh, waiting is not a bad thing. Patience is not a bad thing. Not knowing, not a bad thing. So sometimes being spoon-fed, everything is, you know, it's like refined sugar. It tastes right. awesome, but it kind of makes your jaw hurt a little bit after a while. But it tastes awesome. Now, it's funny <laughs> you saying all that because, like, we're all wrestling fans and we just want our storylines now. I don't see <laughs> where they're going, so I hate it. Like, right now, way we're just very ring. Like, it has to be a payoff. It's, it's either I want, their, I want the match next week or WrestleMania. There's, like, no middle ground. <laughs> okay, so... Um, See, I'm old school. I need a lot of psychology. So once again, I'm willing to wait for that buildup. That 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 is my Abraham Lincoln. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
in other news, we have a new number one on USS Discovery, and uh, her name is Ensign Tilly. We talked about this last week, John. We weren't sure about giving the ensign an ensign the the spot, the slot. The we argued about this. It was a we nice did. argument, but we did but argue. It was definitely about. my choice because Commander Nas <laughs> on the planet somewhere. Uh, congratulations to Tilly, John. Good idea, bad idea, middle idea. I know you're a Redhead fan. Tell me all about it. I am, uh, yeah, because for me the show is Star Trek redheads and uh and i do love it especially since uh one of the vulcans uh that was at the trial is a redhead so we got a new redhead i love that for you man (laughs) but i didn't even notice that i didn't even notice that oh really Oh, they love no. their redheads on Discovery. He tracks every redhead on the show. It's kind of obscene. <laughs> Next Generation didn't have enough redheads for me. He's got like more murder. redheads than most of the other shows. He's got like uh, a murder board with a lot of string <laughs> in the background. Oh, Detmer. Now, you died your hair today. Now, Stemets is technically blonde, but that's a strawberry blonde, so he counts as a redhead. And I... I yeah, that's me with my thread board. How does um, it tie in with the JFK assassination? I, I'm just, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying Crazy to say that, Okay, because you know it does. The question. I have no idea what the question was. Tilly is that our new number one? Thoughts about our head of Tilly being our number one? Tilly, who I, I, and I know I say this probably every week. I could not be more gratified at how much the fans like Tilly. Because 20 years ago, that would not have been the story. The fans, the neckbeard boys, would have been trashing the whole darn show just because they gave her so much to do. And I, I think we all see her humanity. I think we see that um, there's a yin-yang with her and Michael Burnham, uh, where Michael Burnham is uh, tough and emotional and... Uh, Tilly is uh, she, she's much softer. She's a much softer personality, a much softer person. Um, also brilliant, also extremely good at what she does. And uh, it's a stretch. It's a stretch for Tilly to be the number one. That is true. And I love the scene where she walks into the, the um, store drive room and everyone's there all of our you know major characters are there and they're all saying say yes that was lovely and it was corny yeah and i was gonna go well that's too corny but then michael burnham walks in late and goes did i miss the awesome say yes part (laughs) oh that worked for you awesome that oh so worked for me because when they comment on the things that they do, they usually do it in such a smart, funny way that mm-hmm. I go, ah, I can relax now. This this whole sentimental uh, avalanche of love for Tilly is a good thing. It shows them uniting, which they don't always do. And even Detmer, my sweet redheaded Detmer, is... is is you know very supportive and emotional for for Tilly and uh you know this is the character who's been on the razor's edge for most of this season yeah so i you know it's corny but i loved it i had, i'm i make no bones about the fact that i am a huge mary wiseman fan i have watched her on baskets uh i've had a small exchange slash meeting of the uh, uh, Mutual Society of Appreciation for Awesome Curly Hair with her. Uh, <laughs> as, as someone who uh, is feminine, who doesn't see a lot of uh, enough writing of relatable, authentic feminine characters, I love her. I love that she's flawed, but she is also very accomplished. I love that she has a lot of different uh, ways of relating to the different people in her crew. Uh, Every time she goes into that area, it's just like a big warm hug because there is so much queerness in that specific area of the ship. 
and science. Uh, yeah, and I love that too because there's there's so there's there's such a a movement and push over the past several years to get more uh, women involved in STEM, and you know there she is. And yes, she's not the most qualified, but she's also showing. Uh, and has been shown previously when she was picked to be part of the away team with Saru. Right. She's she's also exhibiting through actions that kindness and uh, diplomacy through kindness. Empathy. Yes, those are extremely valued and underused tools that cannot always be taught. So... I definitely see her value in that role. Um, I'm excited to see where they go with it. And it's great well, that it was a that it's a an interim position versus right. an official position. Right. And they yes. make well, that distinction too. That I I liked that too. <laughs> uh, it, it's one of those things where all the reservations that we all had last week, they literally write it in text. It was like, yeah. wait, she didn't finish captain school. Ah, it's okay. But are you hiring me because I'm a yes person? <laughs> nah, it's fine. And then, like, what did my, my teammates yeah. think? Who wanted to say yes? It was like, they, they made sure there was no way for us to complain <laughs> about yeah. the fact that she was our number one. It was one. all like, it was like a checklist that they went yeah. down. They went on Reddit. They right. knew. <laughs> this, this is one of the things I love about Discovery, too. The, um, you know, I, 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 occasionally see people complaining about it uh that um oh star trek fans make this show so they do all sorts of show-offy things like there was some discussion about uh you know showing us the other ships like oh you've got uh you know you've got a voyager and like a bunch of fans were like that's right. so dumb why would they have a right. voyager like embrace it you got fans writing your show and you're a fan embrace right. it right so yeah they can head off a lot of these arguments because they're having them in their heads too. Well, wait a minute. Does this make sense? Why would it be Tilly? She's an interim first officer and she'll earn it. You know, she'll earn it. Right. Yeah, but I still want a non. It's fine. <laughs> I'm mad. I uh, loved non. I, <laughs> I, it hurt me so much last week that, uh, or was it two weeks ago two weeks that ago. she's such a great character and we just got in with her. She was in the away team. We were spending time with her, and boom, yeah. she's gone. Yeah, just like that. Out yeah, she it's goes. Worth, I it was for me. It's either going to be Tilly or if Vance got more into it. If he had a, a hand in picking everyone, I would think a Lieutenant Willa would be assigned to the Discovery. But to give another layer of tension. But I think in yeah. that house, in that house, Tilly was the right decision. Yeah, um, and they've been through so much together recently. Oh so yeah, I, that that's a great relationship. Yeah. Uh, John, you said you had a list of like guest stars in the show. Like, you want to? I did. Um, you know, one of the things that I love so much is people from other shows being on the show. So, of course, we remember that. Um, oh, where is she? So, uh, Gabrielle Burnham, Michael Burnham's mother, is played by Sanja Song, who is mm -hmm. from The Wire. As, oh, as well okay. A bunch of other shows, and was such a specific character on that show. If you had said, "Oh, one day she'll be on a Star Trek show and you'll love it," um, well, I didn't ever see that coming. And you're yeah. right, I love it. Yeah. Uh, I also love that our sort of judges and our president of uh, the new uh, planet, or you know, the newly named uh, Vulcan. Um, I went. I went to, to, oh, thank you. Yes, it's Trina, isn't it? Um, yeah, Trina. Um, I love that um, I went to go look up to see what they had been in. And, of course, they've all been in the Canadian shows. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't even tell you because they've done so many of them. This one's yeah. been on Dark Matter, and this one's been on The Expanse, and this one's been on, you know, just so many sci-fi shows. So I love that. We always get our great Canadians in this show. Yeah. Um, and also, I oh my my big uh, you know I like to do my Tilly hug of the week, pay my tribute 
to the Tilly hug that met I, so much. And that, of I course, was the this. Is that your yes. OnlyFans? I had no idea you had this segment every week. <laughs> wait, wait, what? <laughs> hug of well, the week, well, huh? Do you, do you not realize that I've created my own segments within your show? <laughs> I had no idea. I like that, I like that John has somehow out like wholesomeized I know that's not a word but but made but somehow made OnlyFans more wholesome what? than they have attempted to in the past so for that bra- bravo bravo the hugs, bro in the ambiance um. if I had an OnlyFans based on what I do on this show and I thought about it it would be running a camera while I'm watching it so you can see when I cry Oh, oh, actually, that's our premium content. I will definitely want it's ASMR. It's only, the, the, it was like two or three per show. Like, like I think oh, you already have. I, I think you already have a few German sponsors. <laughs> oh my gosh! As, um, as, <laughs> they they love that crying. Let me tell it, you, it, it's true. It's true. Uh, as it's, soon it's, as it's, Leonard Nimoy's face came on screen. I was just like, I'm just going to pause it because I'm going to need the amount of time I'm going to need to cry. And then, yeah. okay, let's keep going. Uh, and I yeah, had one more thing. After. What, what's up with Vulcans and gongs? <laughs> they do love their gongs, the Vulcans. I'm sorry, gongs Ryan. Are cool. ones too, I guess. Are you doing your stand-up routine? <laughs> what's the deal? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> What he has if to roll up, he has to roll I'm, up the sleeves on his Paula Poundstone oversized blazer? I'm at ten Ford all week. What's the deal with guns? <laughs> What's up with Vulcans and guns? Who are these percussionists? <laughs> I have no John's idea. John just needs to be a brick wall. I'm just playing with. I feel bad now. I, I just get out of nowhere. I was like, it's what? Hilarious. It's hilarious because it's true. I. I I, I I just started taking notes, and this is unfortunately what you get out of it is is me writing I'm glad my I jokes. Asked. I'm totally glad. I, so so Bruce had mentioned that Tilly has, has been an outstanding character for her. I, I I didn't know since you have so many redheaded fans, uh, John. Do you have one that sticks out for you this season or overall? Um, you know, honestly, I think uh, Tilly is probably one of the greatest characters in Star Trek. I'm gonna go out on a a limb and say that because you're taking someone who's so far out of the traditional fan service. I will never forget on Deep Space Nine when suddenly the Klingons are at war with everybody. And every Star Trek fan I knew was like, oh, great, they're bringing the Klingons now. And, and, you know, reintroducing and, and creating these characters based on what people want or what they think they want. Eh, you know, that's a game, and you can play that game. You'll get certain things out of that game. But if you yeah. just go, look, this is Til- Tilly. This is yeah. Sylvia Tilly. This is who she is. This is what she does. This is how she does it. And a lot of us fans can go, I totally see what she's doing, and I appreciate it. And now you're at a point where a show that was all based 20 years ago on Shut Up, Wesley, is now. <laughs> Which, you know, I like. But it threw me off. First time I saw it, I couldn't stop laughing at it. It was like two years ago, like last year. I was like, wait, did he just tell him to shut up? Uh, real quick, I want to get to talk to Joshua, who was, on, who was on the show earlier this season, who says Tilly would end up being a kick-ass captain one day. Uh, just to For sure. put your five cents in there. For yeah. sure. And I, I totally agree, Josh. And I think one of the things we may see is that she's going to be a major player in uh, diplomatic missions. S- captain yes. Saru is very good for that. She'll be swearing across the galaxy. Yeah. Well, it, it's crazy because she's a scientist, but she her personal her interpersonal skills are so good. Well, How can you not like her? Right, and and that that goes back to my point of uh, of this fairly recent campaign to get more uh, feminine people involved in STEM, and because a a lot of feminine people have been taught that if you are involved in mathematics or technology or science or engineering, that you have to have this certain uh, stoicism and everything is analytical. And uh, Tilly is very much showing that you can be 
a multifaceted, engaging person and additionally have this skill set. So I, I love it. That's very yeah. Star Trek. Very astute. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I just want to thank you all for tuning in live on this show. This is Commander's Law. We do this every Thursday at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. But we have ourselves a very special time, Black Alert, Black Friday. Is it one in black or two blacks? I don't know how many blacks. Black Alert Friday. <laughs> or, or why has it got to be Black Friday? Or why has it got to be Black Alert? They all work. Catch up live at 10 Ford. Uh, replicate your favorite beverages. Uh, Pris, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for being on the show. I need to Thank follow you, so much you for stalk having you me. online. Where can people do that? Where can people join up for your newsletter? All, tell me all the things. <laughs> Holiday newsletters coming up. No. Uh, it's all it's all lies. Brandon didn't graduate college. He spent all that money on ink pens. No. Um <laughs> You can follow me at my name is Pris, which that's my Instagram. You can also go to my YouTube, which is The Pris Show. You could go to my Facebook, which is Pris, Champion of Women. And you can go to our TikTok, which is The Kawaii Club. Ooh, I like it. And if I can go ahead and take just a like a nanosecond, every Saturday night uh, from... I'm trying to think of my times from 10 p.m. 10 to PM. midnight. Psst time. No, psst time. Oh, psst time. Got it. Psst <laughs> time. I skate live from our home <laughs> to a very eclectic Spotify mix that is also available yeah, yeah. for people's enjoyment. Uh, and all of that information will be on my Instagram as soon as I leave this because I haven't put it on there before. Ah. Oh, good. <laughs> we we inspired you. Yes. <laughs> uh, call back, Josh. We'll do it again next Thursday, of course. Uh, John Weber, where can the world find you online? Good, sir. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at hello John Weber, and uh, you can find me on Facebook at John Weber. But uh, I'm not sure we'll become friends on Facebook because sometimes people sass mouth to my mom, and I, I just can't stand that. But yeah, hit me hit me up, and and we'll work it out. Don't sass John's mom. She's a good person. <laughs> <laughs> she tries really hard. <laughs> Uh, thanks for coming on board the US Post Show. The USS Post Show. This is Commander's Log every Thursday, 6 p.m. Psst, time? Can I say that now? Is that your gimmick? I don't know. All right, 9 p.m. Eastern. You can take it. All right, I'll I give you there. permission to take it from the native. You hear it here first. <laughs> I got permission. Uh, Flow Voice on Twitter, Flow Beto on Instagram, and NewAmsterdam.com. That's KDWAmsterdam.com. Pris, you know the words live long and what? Prosper!